I'm speaking about meditation of the heart this morning. Um, but worship was so good, and I'm actually going to skip the, the start of my preach <laughs> because we're just going to go into it. And I'm going to send my preach out so that you can have a copy and you can read through what I've written because actually it's quite helpful. Um, the start of it, I'm just talking about meditation, where it comes from, and kind of a little bit of application as Christians. But I just want to dive into it um, this morning, and we're going to just start with meditating on some scripture. Thanks, Becca. Um, And I just want to invite you to um, engage with that this morning. So as I read scripture with you this morning, I want you to bless your mind. Put your hand on your head. (laughs) I bless my mind, bless my heart, bless my spirit to to open up, to receive, to commune with God this morning. Stay in step. Stay in step with Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Aren't you hungry? Aren't you so hungry for more of Jesus? I'm so hungry. I'm so desperate for more of him. I just pray for your hearts right now that they'd be stirred and awakened to hunger for the one that loves you that gazes upon you you're his joy and his delight you move his heart and he wants to move yours he wants to stir your heart to a place that hungers and desires for him that causes you to want to come away and be with him and your love at his feet. He loves it. He loves you. He loves it when you come and you meditate on him. He is the living word. He's alive and active. He is mighty God. In Ephesians 3.17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. The roots of your life will go deep down into the soil of God's love and keep you strong and steadfast and unwavering in the storms of life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you need to know this morning that Christ has made his home in your heart. He's made himself home in your heart. He likes it there. He likes dwelling there. He's made him home, himself home there. And he's enabling you to trust him. He invites you to trust him as he takes the roots of your life deep down into the soil of his love, which keeps you strong in him. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God has changed the way I think and made me a new person. God has changed the way that I think, the way that I understand, the way that I process. He has come and he has renewed my mind. He has made me a new person, a new creation in him, one with him. And I know his will for my life. It is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect. No flaw. No flaw. No failing. It's perfect. It's good. It's pleasing. Proverbs 4, 20, 22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing, um, and healing to their whole body. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate down deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Thank you that your word brings healing and wholeness. Thank you that your word brings healing and wholeness and freedom. Thank you, Lord. I will not lose sight of your words, God. I will pay attention and listen carefully because they bring life and healing to my whole body as they go deep into my heart. Your words go deep, deeper than pain and loss and sadness and fear, anger and hopelessness. They take root, bringing life and healing as I meditate on them. Come heal my heart, Holy Spirit, where I need healing as your words of life wash over me. produces Christ-like thoughts. No more double-mindedness. No more double-mindedness. Christ-like thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. It produces joy, thankful hearts. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 
produces love, kindness, and compassion. In Psalm 85, 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I'm going to read that again. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. God is not angry with you. Jesus has made everything right between you and the Father. He is filled with compassion and mercy and unfailing love. He is faithful to you. He is faithful to you. It produces courage, a sound mind, freedom from fear. We know in Timothy 2, 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and um, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It produces peace, rest, and healing. It says in Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. These are amazing promises in his word. We can stand on them. He is the rock. He is the solid rock beneath our feet. He's unwavering. He's unshakable. And knowing God's heart, that that place where we meditate in his word, we know God's heart. We come into a place where we're in step with him. We're yielded and we are surrendered. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And in Psalm 18, 30, it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to meditate on scripture and be in his presence it's so good to when you read the word to pray it through and to make it yours um and you know I think we all do it differently don't we we all um meditate in different ways through prayer and fasting and worship through the word um And a meditation that um, I read recently, actually, where the psalmist writes, um, help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Um, This meditation put it like this, and I loved it. Um, It says, the psalmist is asking God to make me better at this discipline of paying attention to you, God. The psalmist needed help focusing on his listening, his considering, his wondering, his attention to direct all of himself to God. The word consider comes from the word Latin word considerare. I don't know if I said that correctly, but we'll go with that, which means to gaze at the stars. When we seek to understand God and his ways, we are gazing at something heavenly and wondrous. 
the God who created the stars and every part of your heart wants to meet with you and be near to you. That's powerful, isn't it? Have you heard the song, um, Stephanie Gritzinger sings it. I don't know if any of you have heard of Jesus Image. It's a church in Florida. And Michael and Jessica Kulianis are the pastors there. Um, and uh, Stephanie Frizzell, a worship leader, um, she sings a song. Um, and it's called, Show Me Your Face, Lord. It's such a powerful song. And they go into an incredible time of worship. But one of the lines that stood out to me in this song was, Now you've called us to boldly seek your face. And we know that God has made that possible because he says to approach his throne boldly, doesn't he? He's calling us to boldly seek his face. But my question today is, are we seeing him rightly? Are we looking upon his face, his truth, his ways, or is our gaze captivated by something else? The problem, the pain, the worry, anxiety, sickness, lack or offense. To meditate on him, his word, is to know his truth, his victory, his freedom, his peace, his abundance, his love. See the Lamb of God. See his crown, his wounds, his sacrifice. He is worthy. He has the victory. That's in Revelation 5. I'd encourage some of you, when you get a chance to go into the book of Revelation, I have been wrecked there when I have spent time reading the scripture and seeing the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who is worthy. There he is when John was in Revelation 5 and he was weeping because nobody was found worthy in all of heaven or earth. Nobody Nobody could open the scroll, and this scroll represents, like, life, like, the victory. And nobody, and he was weeping bitterly, and then the elder said, stop weeping, look, behold the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, our victor. Have you ever taken a moment to think and meditate on what it would have been like? This is like when you do this, guys, I just want to encourage you, give your imagination to the Holy Spirit in meditation. Give him your, that, that place to just take you on a journey. When I um, was reading about when Jesus was saying to the disciples, it's better that the Holy Spirit comes and that I go, and it's an act, and then Jesus ascends. Can you imagine Jesus' homecoming into heaven? Can you imagine? He's just accomplished what he was sent to do. He died on the cross. He gained the victory. And he's coming home to his dad. And he's going to come and he's going to take the throne. He's going to come into heaven, take his seat by the Father. All of heaven must have been in an uproar of praise. Glory be to the King of kings. Here comes Jesus with the nail-pierced hands. He did it. It's powerful. When we meditate in these things, he invites us in to experience it and to know it in our lives, to be a tangible revelation and experience a manifestation of that very victory in our lives. I'm I'm, I'm off notes, sorry, but it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
hands out. Let's, let's just keep, keep there in that place. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to meet with us, that you bring revelation and truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that our spirits are continually communing with the Lord, but the invitation is for our minds and hearts to join with him through meditation, both consciously and subconsciously. This is why God said to Joshua, study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so that you you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I read an article by a a man named Jim Downing. Um, I will read it to you quickly. It's a short article. Um, And it basically says, Have you ever awakened in the night feeling rigid and tense? Have you ever gone to bed with a problem in your mind and awakened the next morning exhausted as though you had been working through it all night? Have you ever noticed that your last thought of the day is usually your first thought in the morning? Many people believe that these phenomena indicate that our subconscious minds keep on working while we are asleep. When a person sleeps, his conscious mind rests while his subconscious mind continues to function in order to keep the body's organs working. But the conscious and subconscious are in close circuit, so a relationship. So whatever the conscious is working on prior to falling asleep will be transmitted to the subconscious. Too often, we are wrestling with a problem just before we go to sleep. Anyone that boat? Yep, yep. So rather than allowing the subconscious to work on our problem and worries, we can meditate on the word of God. Um, and on the word of God while we sleep. Um, a simple application of this theory is to read a passage before bed and to ask God a question about that and take it to sleep with you. I really believe that as we're communing with God, our spirits are communing with him, we're thinking on him, thinking on something. It's that meditation, isn't it? Night and day with him. Um, So it's an easy application, isn't it? Um, And then, sorry, let me just get to the last part of that. I don't want to read it all. And I think because I want, I really want to go back into a time of worship. So that's where we're going to head guys this morning. Um, as I finish up, I just want to make sure I give you, I think some key bits that would be helpful this morning. So bear with me while I jump through this. Yeah. Okay. So I found, um, yeah, that's the end of that. Um, so I found that really interesting um, and a great way for me to end my day and start my day with meditating with, um, on the word. Um, so another example, oh, um, I love this. I'm just being aware of time. 10 past 12. Okay, let's go for this. So is, um, have you heard of Chris Valentin and Bill Johnson? Um, so basically, uh, Bill Johnson is pastor of a church in Bethel um, and he loves the Lord. This man I, I, I often think when I watch him, I just see his adoration and love for the Lord. And um, Chris Valentin is one of his leaders, and they went away camping one weekend. And they were in a cabin, and they were going to sleep. And um, they were, it was an open cabin, so there were little camp beds next to each other. And Bill had gone to sleep, and Chris was lying there, um, kind of just meditating, praying to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he hears, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Bill's asleep. <laughs> and his, his meditation of his heart as he's lying there in his sleep is, 
I love you, Lord. He loves the Lord. He's captivated by the Lord. His heart is, is in love with the Lord. And, and we see that in the Psalm um, 63, 6. It says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Are your hearts awakened and in love to the Lord? We, as we meditate on him, as we see him, as our gaze turns to him, Becca, do you mind? Sorry, thank you so much. Um, we be, we get, begin to see him and we begin to see his, his face. We begin to know him and know his heart for us. Let's think about the Lord now. Let's, let's just close our eyes. Let's fix our gaze on Jesus. Maybe just take a breath. And do whatever is comfortable for you. Maybe you want to put your hands out. Maybe you want to just, I don't don't know, just get comfortable and fix your eyes on Jesus. For some of you, it'll be easy. For others, it might be difficult. So let's ask Holy Spirit to help us right now. Maybe place a hand on your heart and say, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my heart to see Jesus, to see him rightly, the way he wants me to see him, not the way I think he is. Jesus, come and reveal yourself to us in spirit and in truth. May the eyes of our hearts see you. May you capture the gaze of our hearts as we meditate on you, as we think upon you. He is kind. He is loving and safe. You need to know that. He is loving and safe. He is strong. He is gentle. He is inviting. He is majestic and wonderful. smiling. He is looking at you with love and acceptance in his eyes and his arms are open to you. He is gazing at you. He is gazing with these beautiful smiling eyes because you have captured his heart. You are the one that he loves. He laid down his life for you. You were worth the pain and the sacrifice of his body on the cross. You're the joy set before him. You are his joy. You are his delight. He is pleased with you and jealous for all of your love and affection. So let's give him our love and affection. Let's pour out our love to him. Let's love on the one that we love. Let's love on Jesus as we see him rightly. Fix your gaze, fix your heart. If you're struggling, just ask Holy Spirit to just take you into that journey. He's the one that leads us in this journey. He's the one that takes us to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just increase your presence in this room? Or would you make us aware of your presence in this room so much more? Thank you, Jesus. Would you open up our awareness?